everybody, welcome to Let's Die Comedy Survival, Survival Comedy Evolved. I don't know what this is anymore. What are we doing? Uh, so, this is what happened. So, I was visiting Taylor. Uh, we maintained six feet the whole time. And she convinced me of a, of a fun quarantine activity that we could do together um, while I was visiting. And uh, that activity was uh, cage diving with sharks. And, of course, the, the, the metal wire that held the cage aloft snapped and sent me plummeting to the bottom of the ocean floor. And I know what you're thinking. You might think that this sounds an awful lot like the plot to 47 meters down. Um, and you'd be right. Uh, except this one, I was underwater, which is the name of a movie that we're going to talk about today. And while I was down there, uh, I did avoid the sharks, but my sister was eaten and she's gone, so... Uh, what's this show? This show is a show, a comedy show about things and how to survive them. Impossible things. Sometimes how to survive them. Sometimes. And sometimes we play games. And this show is a thing. Man, I, you know what? I'm just, just reaching. I'm just looking for a ledge. I'm just drowning in my own words. Uh, my name's Brett. And with me today is fan hungry. favorite, Hungry. Hi, Hungry. Uh, hi, Hungry. It's nice to hear your voice again, Hungry. <laughs> I'm Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Now. I'm not hungry. I am. Wait, no, I am hungry. Darn it. <laughs> Why don't you get you some, uh, some nom noms there? Um, we'll see. Anyway. Anyway, what have you been up to? Anything new? Um, no. Just chilling. Chilling, committing, villain, villainry, villainry. That rhymes. Uh, it checks out. Don't don't do the math on it, folks. Oh boy, Taylor, we watched a movie. We did. We did. Um, and the reason why. I wanted you on specifically for this one is because formerly you were a water scientist. Isn't that right? That is indeed correct. So the, the basis of the show when we first started it was I'm just some dumb hill, you know, hill person from the mountains of West Virginia with some street smarts and rough and tumble tactics versus the intelligence and wisdom of a legitimate scientist, uh, and and that's how the show originally started, and then it evolved into into me just dragging the whole show down with with just ridiculousness. Uh, so, should should we just continue being ridiculous and just do what we do? I Why not? I don't know how to do anything else. Uh, so Taylor, you were a hydrologist, yes? Yep. Can you um? explain exactly what all it was that that you were responsible when you held that role um that's kind of complicated but collected and analyzed data about water and its movement and its quality and how much of it there was basically did you ever get into a fist fight with an alligator 
No, but a crocodile did try to eat me once. Really? Can you can you expound upon that memory? Um, while I was in the Everglades on a small boat with a coworker, uh, Everglades part like in the mangrove swamps, like on the very edge of the southern edge of the Everglades. This was in and Florida, yes. This was in Florida, yes. That's where the Everglades are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I was sitting on the side of the boat doing something with a water quality sensor. And there was a bit of a feeding frenzy going on at the mouth of this little channel we were oh, working God. at. But, like, it is what it is that happens when the tide changes. Um, but, yeah, apparently a crocodile thought, why why stick with fish? Like, there's a nice human over there that looks pretty yummy. So it came at me with its mouth wide open. And I had my back turned to it. But luckily, my coworker happened to notice and started yelling. I turned around and saw a crocodile coming at me from like five, ten feet away. And it was like, oh, crap. And had to like move out the way. And then my coworker got a paddle and started hitting the water to try to scare it away. Fun times. So Almost became crocodile food. How big was the crocodile? Like... Over 12 feet. Long. Holy God. Crocodiles are pretty big. Crocodiles are large, but that doesn't mean it could They're, have been a juvenile. So I needed to ask. That's true. And the ones in Florida aren't like as big as like Nile crocodiles or the ones you find in Australia. Right. I was going to ask about that. I don't think I knew that crocodiles were in Florida. I thought they were all gators. No, there's the, the Everglades so, are one place in the U.S. where you can find both in the same or very close environments. That's alligators and crocodiles. Regardless, a toothy maw was coming at you. Yes. That's indeed. uh that can be very scary. What an interesting story. So so you analyzed water for a living and we watched a movie titled Underwater. But it wasn't about the water. Dun dun dun. But it took place underwater. It did. It did. It it was a a movie that came out in 2020, which is this year. Uh, It is directed by William Eubank and written by Brian Duffield and Adam Kozad. It stars Kristen Stewart, Vincent Castle, Jessica Henwick, John John Gallagher Jr., and Mamadou Athi and T.J. Miller. So... It follows a group of scientists at the bottom of the ocean who encounter a group of creatures after an earthquake, earthquake, an earthquake, an earthquake, an earthquake, a giant duck quacked, and the earth cracked. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was released on, you know, in January. Uh, I went and saw it with my dad and my sister, Charma Gargar, and you know what? You know, we're covering it here, and look, Taylor, what I want to do is, like, I took notes, okay, and I want you to give us your professional opinion on certain things, whether it's plausible, implausible, fact, fiction, whatever, I mean, it's all fiction, but you know what I mean. You follow? I guess. So, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. Um, The movie was... Almost as good as the year it came out in. Ooh, hot take. I was getting ready to ask you what you thought of the movie overall. You know what? Um, I'm not going to lie. I was 
I was hopeful going into it because I had been in like a real lull. Like there wasn't a there. It, it's not often you get a good like monster movie, like hor- like straight horror monster movie where it's not some drama involving a person who turns out it's them the whole time because they're secretly insane or, or you know whatever like an axe murderer with a mask this is like legit monster like a scooby-doo movies. episode yeah like i want i my favorite horror movies are the ones that have legit monsters in them um you know i think back to like mimic and the relic and things like that so i was really hopeful for this um one thing I will say about this movie is that they do not spoil like anything in the trailer, really. There's a fun twist towards the end that, you know, if you read a lot of horror, like you you know about it, and it's really cool that they that they did that. Like I was severely impressed by that. Um, whether or not that saves the whole movie, I don't think so. I mean, the movie suffers from a lot of tropes and there's a character some character you know pretty much all the characters like we don't get a good feel for their motivations or like why we should care about their you know we don't really get a chance to empathize with them very much so uh it's not like a great movie but it's a fun little popcorn flick that i feel like you could watch like uh definitely not like gonna crack my top 10 horror movie list probably not even my top 20 or 30 but it's it's something that I would watch again, and I have watched again. I've watched it twice now. I'm a madman. I paid for a ticket, and then I paid for, for it you. again on Amazon. Yeah. I, I guess maybe I have low standards. I don't feel like they're low, but I recently took an IQ test, and it says I'm below average, so maybe that makes sense. Do you think this movie made me dumb? I think that's probably what it was. If you had taken the IQ test before you ever watched this movie, it would have been a lot higher. Maybe so. Um, all right, so we're going to start off. The The facility in question where all the work has been conducted is a mining facility at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. So, Taylor, already, are, is there any sort of validity to underwater mining especially at that depth. I think it would take us going through a lot of other places first before we would resort to that. Yeah, I feel like... And I don't think it's very technologically possible at the moment. Right, well... Or it's possible, but it's not worth the money you would spend, like, versus the money you would make at all. That's what I was going to say. Like, we'll do, like, humanity will find a way to do that if the thing at the bottom of the ocean that we want is worth the trouble. Yeah. It, but right it, now, it's not economically viable. Yeah. Like, maybe if there were like a thousand veins of platinum and gold down there, we'd probably figure out a way to get it up and running in 10 years. So, it's the same thing with like uh, asteroid mining or mining on the moon. Like, for it to be worth the the massive amount of money it would be to go to those places and mine, the thing that you're mining is going to have to make it all of it worth it, right? Taylor? Yes, absolutely. Oh, okay. I thought we lost you for a second. Uh, so we see Kristen Stewart brushing her teeth. Is that plausible? 
Crushing teeth? Yes. Brushing oh, okay. your teeth is plausible. Okay, I'm just though, checking. Though another part of that scene is much less plausible. Okay, and this is what I... if What you're about to say is what I'm about to ask next. Is this spider at the bottom of the Mariana <laughs> Trench inside of a scientific drilling facility? Okay, like... It, there's, like, the smallest chance that the spider somehow got transported down there with other stuff. But how would it stay alive? Like, what bugs is it eating that deep under the water? Like, tell me. Tell me what all the bugs that are flying around that it can eat to survive. They're I would ha- you would have to assume that a facility that deep and that remote would uh, have very high standards of... Uh, housekeeping to avoid well, I don't know. That. Judging by the rest of the bathroom, it didn't look like they were that Correct. point. I will say this. I used to work in Alaska, and I worked in, like, the northernmost part of Alaska. Like, you literally could not go any more north without crossing the ocean um, in Alaska. And you're so remote that to get anywhere else, uh, especially in the summer, takes a very long time. Like, if you get hurt, you're in a lot of trouble out there. Um and they took housekeeping very seriously because if one person got sick, the chances of them spreading it through the entire workforce is pretty great. If you got sick, they shipped you out in, um, almost immediately on, like, the next plane or the next helicopter or whatever it was. So I would imagine that that place is so remote, the housekeeping would be insane. Like, it would, there would be, like, a cleaning staff that their only job is to literally clean to prevent people from spreading illnesses, and especially in the climate we're in now, like, that would absolutely happen to have to happen. Um, there would be like a decontamination process and whatnot. Like chances are, I, I, th- I think the spider getting there isn't impossible because it just seemed like an, any other like drilling rig, like you'd find on the, at the surface is what it looked like the people were living in. You know what I mean? Like you had bunks uh, yep, and like a communal bathroom and you just like grab your duffel bag and go to work. And uh, that spider could have easily hitchhiked its way there, but to your point, like there has to be a breeding population of feeder insects to keep it alive. So maybe we just seems very unlikely. Maybe it was a shift change and someone brought it, and it was it you, you know it might not have eaten. Spiders can go a long time without eating, so maybe it was just still alive from that. Uh, I mean, but, some spiders, but so. Kristen Stewart does do something that deserves note. Like, it, the spider, like, it comes down on its little webby web, and it lands in her sink, and it can't get out. And rather than smash it or wash it down, she takes a paper towel and and helps it out and, and puts it on the floor so it can run away. And I thought that was great. So it can slowly starve to death. I mean, I get if you wanted to show mercy and smash it. Like, I mean, I guess there's that, but... I wouldn't do it. I if if you gave me the option of starving slowly to death or being smashed instantly, I would probably pick being starving to death and dying peacefully. I'm assuming you would rather be smashed. Yeah, I think instant death would be a better way to go. Maybe I don't know. It's not going to matter because uh, she exits the bathroom. She's starting to put her shoes on, and she exits the bath. She hears a noise. Oh, I do like her jacket. Like her jacket was cool. They did good on that. Oh, okay. It was it was a nifty looking jacket. That's what I took from that scene. It was like the spider thing is stupid, but she has a nifty jacket. So it, it's too bad. Trade off. It's too bad she doesn't you know wear it for very long. Uh, 
She so, goes to put on her shoes, which is, and she hears a strange noise. So she goes to go and she walks out of the bathroom to investigate. Uh, and instantly I'm thinking, you probably should have put your finished putting your shoes on first. Because what happens is some water drips from above her. And that's something I wanted to ask you about. Because some water starts dripping from the ceiling directly above her. At the bottom of the Mariana Trench, I have to think that if the whole integrity of the facility is such that there's a crack causing water to leak through the ceiling, you're not going to get that scene where it's just drip, drip, drip at first. You would get instant boom uh, implosion of the facility from all the pressure. Would that be the way it works? I mean, I don't know for sure. I'd have to think about it. But, and I have not because maybe I that hard about it. Yeah, maybe but, if it was like concrete, I don't know. It, like it, they showed a lot of concrete wreckage in the the uh, the following scenes after what you're talking about while yes. they're doing all their crawling. They do show quite a lot of concrete and rebar, which right. I could I see question. Anyways. Oh, they, they definitely built it on the surface and then lowered it down in incremental stages, if we want to get into that. Then. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I The pressure of the Mariana Trench, I think, like would cause just instant, like as soon as that structure failed, its integrity was compromised, I think it would just be crunchy like a tin can, like instantly. Um, but it also could have been just like a water pipe, like that was run into the bathroom, that because That's of true. the... That about the, the soon-to-be stresses of the external forces of the water pressure have made that water pipe crack and start leaking. So it could have been a fresh water pipe or a potable water pipe. Then we're treated to a massive explosion just down the hall from her. And water just starts just ex just rushing in like crazy. And she's running and she's occasionally like screaming at people's rooms to, to run out. And then this other dude shows up and they manage to get to, um, I don't know, like a junction point where they can seal, seal, seal it off. Uh, and of course, the, there's two people running and they're not going to make it. And she hits the button and the whole section of that facility is crunched like a, like a little tinny can and uh what what struck me there is like she was trying to get the door to shut and she's like i need a code and i'm like really you need a code like you, there's just not like software built into that place that as soon as it senses that that catastrophe is happening it just immediately seals all the bulkheads that's a good point. You'd think it'd be smart enough to do that. You'd think that would be a, like one of the first safety precautions that they would make. Like, you need a security code to shut this door. Okay, that's fine during normal operations. You don't want people just shutting giant-ass bulkheads for no reason and stopping progress. But there needs to be a system in place that when the water is, like, rushing in, you need to something automatically should shut the doors. So I thought that was weird. It also said at the beginning, like as you, we, as the camera was panning down through the water to the facility, it says it's staffed by 316 people. Did you see that part? Uh, no, they. So that was another thing. Is that that beginning part? They flashed all that info like so fast, like you couldn't process it before the next thing, like it, before it went away and the next thing popped up. So I saw like every other one of like the little like statistics it gave about it. Yeah, or headlo news headlines and stuff. 
Um, yeah. Like, you guys need to slow that rate down. And like, was... I read fast, so. I know your IQ test said that you're a superior intellect, um, so I believe you. I just guessed on all the questions. Yeah, sure you did. Guessed correctly. Uh, the only way to guess correctly on every answer is to know which all the wrong answers are, Miles. That's a Spider-Man reference. Um, so, actually, it was like as it was right after that point, as the camera's panning down, and we see the name of the facility, and directly underneath that, in ghostly letters, it says 316 people or something like that. I don't know why they felt the need to do that. Like, they did they need to put a hard number on how many people it takes to run this place? And also... Why 300 and how'd they get to 316? It seems very specific. Mostly because we only ever see a total of eight people in the movie. I mean, are we to believe yeah. that 310 of them were killed immediately? And the life pods. There weren't that many life pods. Like, oh, we'll get there. We, I think they showed, they showed three or four sections that each Look, had like 10 pods. We'll, we'll get definitely there. Definitely not for 316 people. Right. Uh, that's a real case of the Titanics there. But uh, we'll get to that point in a bit. But the 316 people, I'm like thinking, okay, so um, naturally you want to have probably your drilling experts, your standard la physical labor guys, your engineers. You're going to have your planners. You're going to have safety personnel. You have housekeeping. You're going to have your cooks people to keep things, people fed, uh, you know, all, all those, you know, it's, a, it's a, an operation that big requires a large amount of manpower. Uh, and again, I equate that to my time in Alaska, which was a 24 seven operation as most places like that are. And you could not step outside of your room at any given time without seeing somebody. Do you know what I mean? Even if it was shift change, yep. when she stepped out and there was virtually nobody around, that would not be the case. Half the facility would be asleep waiting for their 12-hour shift, and the other half would be busy walking around doing their jobs. Um, but, well, maybe we'll touch on that a little, little bit as we get to more facilities in the movie. Uh, so, Or we can talk about why it's all the facilities are underwater to begin with and not just on the surface, like always. I, you know what? They needed to be in close proximity. Like, that's to the a trail. whole other thing. Just saying. Yeah. Well, they, you're right. Like, do they need to be close in such close proximity to the drill? They should have just made one elevator that goes straight down to the drilling site. And then, I mean, that's it. Everything like the, the belt line or whatever you want to use to process the raw materials to the surface to, you know, sort it all out would be totally automated uh and any repairs to it would most likely be able to do by drone you know by drones um so yeah i get if you need like a couple people down there to run stuff but you would think most of that operation could have been done outfitted to be done remotely you would think you would think like i mean after... like depths that they drill into the in the gulf of mexico granted water and like actual land is totally different things physics wise but like they've drilled about as deep as what the mariana trench is so mm, wow. i don't know and that's current technology which obviously this is taking place at some point in the future so yeah and, and this isn't this movie is in the future but i don't remember if they put a year on it or not 
Um, we're going to meet some more characters here. So our two people, including Chris and Stuart, are then met by T.J. Miller. They find him in the rubble with his stuffed bunny because he needed a stuffed bunny. Must protect. Uh, of course. And they get to what I can only assume is like a com- like a command outpost where I guess the foreman of the operation and lucky enough, I guess it's the foreman of the entire operation is just chilling. Um, he's got like they a hurt arm. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't think captain. It's like, like the Cap- bridge, but for the. But here's the thing. It's the, a drilling operation. I know. It's weird. They, but they call them captain and. It's not a military operation though. Like. Nope. There's no reason for him to be captain unless that's like a nickname. Like, you know, in my job, I get called boss all the time. I mean, I granted I was those guys bosses. Like they still call me boss to this day, even though they don't work there anymore. And I'm like, I'm not you don't I'm not your boss anymore. You don't have to call me that. And I'm like, you're always going to be our boss, boss. And I'm like, OK, so maybe maybe he served in the military, was a captain and they just continued to call him captain. I don't know. But we also get to meet um, Jessica Henwick. In this part of the movie, uh, do we want to talk about her for a minute? I mean, do we? I know we do. I'm, I mean, come on. <laughs> what did you tell me yesterday? Um, I don't remember. She's the best part of Iron Fist. She's calling Wing and Iron Fist. Uh, she saves the whole series, and by the end of yeah, it, she, like you're like, yeah, absolutely correct. And you know, I will say that while I was watching this movie, um, it was distracting. Every time she was on screen, I was distracted by just how beautiful she is. Banana hands, understandable. Yeah, I mean, you said something similar. You said you wanted to to F her in the B or something like that? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Totally. You said you um, wanted... That sounds just like me. You said you wanted to put a ring on it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one would blame you. Word, word for word, my my exact thoughts. Yo, I'm gonna put F her in the B, then put a ring on it. Yep, that's what I remember. Sounds exactly like me. You got the voice your, right and everything. Put that in your Twitter bio. I don't should have I, a Twitter. Should, but okay. I, uh, should I tag her like in a post and I'll just put it in quotes. I'll be like, F her, I'll F her in the B and put a ring on it. Quote, Taylor. I think that's probably not a great idea, but you know, I probably, you end, up blo- I probably end up blocked. Immediately. So the, the group is uh, trying to discuss a, a, a plan, a plan to escape the facility that is crumbling around them. Um, because... The bulkheads, I, I guess the amount of damage to the facility is so great that the whole thing's coming down, which seems like a failure in, in, in planning and engineering in its own self, because you would think there would be, like earlier we talked fail about the bulkheads. Fail safe, some fail safe. Exactly. So this breach should have been contained by now, and naturally you would evacuate the facility as a standard protocol for safety, even though the rest of it might be sound. But apparently all ways to go up are destroyed. Like they're inoperable. They're not working. The only thing that works is one elevator that goes down. Great, great job. Uh, And they decide that the only way to get out is to go straight down, put on some diving suits, and then walk, what was it, like 
a mile or was it like two clicks or something ridiculous? It was that was another thing that bothered me is they kept switching between the metric system and the imperial system. So they kept going miles, kilometers, meters. And I was like, this is so confusing. Can you just stick with one? <laughs> and since it seems to be a multicultural crew and most of the world uses the metric system, why don't we stick with the metric system as opposed to keep switching? Well, it seems like uh, at least Jessica Henwick was, you know, English. And the captain was clearly neither American nor British. Really? I mean, Did he, he had like, quite an accent. No. He's, Did he? I don't he, remember. Yeah, he had an accent. Was For he sure. like, crikey, the thermal coils are going to melt down unless we go straight down to the bottom of the trench and walk across <laughs> 1.5 meter clicks miles away. To the sample no. center of the disaster. Nope, that wasn't it. You want to try again? Okay. Um, um, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We have to go straight down and we walk in our suits about a 1.5 meter click miles away to the epicenter of the disaster. <laughs> no, nope, that's not quite right either. Getting closer though. Okay, well, moving on. <laughs> So they they all pile up into this room with all the diving suits and foreshadowing. They mentioned that like even like the tiniest like malfunction will cause you to implode. <sighs> so of course there's a little scene where our the first guy that Kristen Stewart meets like when the disaster first starts first happens um, and he gives her like a different helmet because I think he knows and he's hoping for the best, but it still happens. He implodes as soon as he goes down and he's dead. Uh, it's pretty gruesome. But so we saw him, it, it did the, the classic thing, the trouble where, where the black guy dies first. Uh, they didn't need to do that. I wish they hadn't have done that. It could have been anybody else, but it was him. So what you going to do? Sad, sad. I really liked his voice. I was sad I didn't get to listen to him talk longer. Yeah, nice like, voice. if you wanted the suit to implode on somebody, I mean, there was, like, a random white dude that literally served no purpose throughout the entire movie, like, the rest of the movie. And Which he, one? The one that survived, like, he... Uh, we'll get there. He had to be the love interest, okay? It makes... But we, we don't care. We never saw that. Like, it's just like, oh, he's your boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> we like, and I particularly care now. Yep. And, well, okay, we're going to zip ahead here. He gets knocked the fuck out, and he spends the rest of the movie unconscious. They literally... Okay, we'll get there. Spooky <laughs> ghost whale sounds, uh, you know... They have to stop because there's, like, another elevator, I guess, and they think there's somebody in there for some reason. It, I, I, I it was know. a pod. No, it was a malfunctioning pod. Yeah, and they needed to check for... I still feel like there's something to be said here. Like, communication just just isn't there. Like, there should be some way, manner of signaling whether or not somebody's alive from inside or not, you know, without having to leave again. But also, how would they not have been crushed if it was, like, a pod with structural integrity? And how would they have gotten them out even, like, that's what I didn't understand. It's like, okay, 
even if the pod is like perfectly fine, they've got oxygen, which they said the power was off anyways. But even if they're in this pod and they're okay, how are they going to get them out of the pod with no suit that deep underwater? And Look, like, do don't ask too many they're questions. Not. They're not because their suits so had the some whole thing magic. Was stupid. Their suits had some magical technology, like these big red cylinders that somehow. I think they called them their recyclers. Like they recycled the oxygen in the suit somehow. I don't ask me. I don't know how it works. Like whatever it is, that technology is impressive because it allows them to breathe in those suits for a very long time. Um, scrubbers. That's scrubbers. That's what it was. The scrubbers. scrubbers. That's what they called it. Even though they're not really scrubbing oxygen, are they? They'd be scrubbing like carbon dioxide that you breathe out. And then they would still have to have oxygen within them to release so that you could breathe it. It's not like you, you want to talk about oxygen. their nail guns, too, talking about their fancy equipment. Uh, I don't remember the nail gun. Remind me. Well, I mean, Wait. I don't know exactly what it was, but, you know, the tools they grab right before they get on the elevator. Go ahead. They, they grab some sort of non-distinct tool that resembles a nail gun. They grab two of them before getting on the elevator to go down. And they take one or both with them when they go out to the abandoned pod or malfunctioning pod. So, and, they, yeah. so they were expecting... They don't ex expand monsters. upon that at all. It's just some sort of nondescript tool that resembles a nail gun. So I'm going to call it a nail gun that works very deep underwater, which that doesn't makes, make sense. But I. It's apparently a tool that that they they need on hand when when you're going water walking, I guess. Yes. No, and, no, not what they did that for safety because they wanted to have a weapon with them. But but they have no reason to believe they need a weapon. At this point, right? I know. I'm pretty sure the guy with the rabbit is like freaked out at this point because he thought he heard something or something. Yeah, but still, they're supposed to be scientists and critical thinker thinkers. And up to this point, like we've built this whole facility. I'm assuming like most of the territory has been explored and whatnot. We don't I mean, think that, that guy there's... is not supposed to be very smart. Kristen Stewart even makes a joke like, ah, oh, we all know you don't know how to read. Uh -huh. Yeah, like, so what was his job then? Like, the movie describes them as a group of scientists. Was he a scientist? I don't know. It doesn't really say. Uh, I mean, T.J. Miller was, uh, along with Jessica Henwick, I mean, a bright spot in this movie. Like, he did his part. They wanted quirky, funny, goofy guy, and they got it. I mean, he, he does that really well. Uh, so, yeah. It's at this point, like, after they find the dead body of whoever was in that in that uh, pod, they encounter their first monster, and it looks like a penis tentacle baby. <laughs> like, a, just a blobby penis tentacle. Just slimy and odd. Uh, and... It, it does the classic thing where they're inspecting the corpse body and it goes and like flares to life briefly and they're like, oh, it's just reflex. Um, what did you think of that little penis monster? I mean, it was weird and creepy looking. 
You have no like scientific fascination towards it. Nah, I nah. mean that 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 was a small portion of the movie. That particular one, and I it's... I spent less time thinking about that one than I did the future other things that we're going to talk about. Yeah, so they they eventually get to a point where. Something else, like they now they know there's monsters and there's something outside of their elevator. It's banging and making bad noises. There's a jump scare where it like attacks the window, and it, it this creature is doing so much damage that they have to bail. They just have to jump for it. And this is strange to me. Like they jumped out of that elevator. Like, is there any frame of reference for how far they fell before they hit the bottom? I think they had uh, like 200 more meters to go or something along that line. Like they they showed a flash of it or something. That's a long way to fall, even underwater. Yep. But they land it, and then they have to contend with all the debris of the facility coming down around them. I don't know if anyone here is listening to this has ever tried to run at the bottom of a pool. I just I don't see them. I don't. It's a miracle that they've made it this far at this point. But um, we see a brief flash of an adult monster over the course of the like the door where uh, they seek shelter. I guess this is like a transit area where they transport materials to and from the facility to the dig site. Is that what it came off to? Is you, like like you? Is that was that what oh, it came yeah, off it to? Like you? Like... <laughs> yes. Uh, it it reminded me like of like a little mining like cart kind. Of- yeah, it, it looked very much like a coal mine. Like, they use those in a coal mine, like uh, these little carts like that to transport people down into them. You basically sit on them, and they're really low to the ground, and they take you down there. Yeah, this was just like a high-tech version of that. Yeah, and it seemed like, what, only four people could fit on it at a time? Seems like not very many for how many people work in this facility. And also, like, why do you... Again, back to your previous point, why do we need to be so far away from the dig site? Yeah, why do we need so many different buildings that are not connected to one another and whatnot? Yeah. Uh, And, oh, let's see. Taylor, say something real quick. Hi, I'm Taylor. I'm eating (laughs) sunflower seeds. Are you really? While you're talking on the show? Yes. Uh, oh, here, here we go. I'm going to back up just a second to Penis Blob Monster. They ask if by boring into the hydrothermal, she, Jessica Henwick says, oh, there's a chance that we bored into a hydrothermal pocket with the drill and we've released a breeding population of some, uh, underground, underwater monster. That's her explanation for it, which reminds me Uh of the, have you seen the Meg? No. Is that about a big shark? It is about a big shark and that's all I know. Are do you are you familiar with the uh like brine lakes that exist under the ocean? Um not no. Okay, well I'll have to send you some stuff later. But those brine pools are layer it looks like a surface of water under the water because the materials are heavier. So it's basically like a denser, heavier 
water under the water, forming lakes under the water. And they basically go underneath that. And when they do that, they create a hole in the hydrothermal layer and it leaves enough of a gap so that the shark can now escape into the main waters because the hydrothermal layer was keeping it in. It's stupid. So I, it's a long way of saying that that's a stupid explanation for the penis blobs. Um, TJ Miller is the only smart one for shutting the door when they get into the new facility. He's like, we're shutting this thing. Smart. Yeah, smart he was like, should I shut that door? I think I should shut that door. I'm going to shut the door. Yeah. Very smart. As far as horror movie characters go, it's a, it's a shame that he dies shortly thereafter when a monster somehow gets into the facility and rips his leg, rips I guess rips his whole body through the leg of his suit. Is that what happens? Yes, he's getting his suit is getting pulled, the leg of his suit, and apparently it is su with such great force that it literally rips the leg and his whole body out of the suit. You would think that the materials that this suit are made out of to survive the pressures of the Mariana Trench, uh, combined with just the force necessary to rip a human's leg off, like, the creature would have to be absurdly strong. Like, stronger even than it feels, like, when they're actually encountering them later. Like, here in a bit, here in a moment. Right? Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. like, it's, like, tugging on, like, the metal wire. You think it would have enough strength to literally, dr that much, like, strength would literally just drag everybody else into the water. Like, there's no way they would be able to hold on. Like, they all should have died right there at that point. But everybody else escapes. You would think the breaking point would be the very thin wire and not his suit. Right. Or his leg. Yeah. Uh, but Taylor, you know... They, they get on the other end of this, and they got to walk, like, the rest of the way to the next facility. And real quick, I got to do this joke. I would walk 500 miles underwater, and I would walk 500 more. And then you're attacked by a monster, uh, which does some crazy shit and drags, like, the captain and Kristen Stewart to some weird floating light platform in the middle of the ocean. Um... Taylor, why do they need that light? Why do they need that floating light there? To better illuminate the scene, obviously. Ill but illuminate the yeah the scene. But what is it illuminating? <laughs> like on the ocean yeah. floor, are people making this walk regularly? No, they must be. I don't they have. So. I don't think they, so. They must be because they have suits capable of doing it. It's just for repairs. Uh, I guess I don't know, but uh, we finally get to see the monster. It is very much a. Like a frogfish man. Like a Black Lagoon type creature. That, uh, yeah, I, I hate them. I kind of, I, I did like the reflectiveness of their eyes and light so that you can kind of see them in the dark. Like when they when they first encounter it and like Kristen Stewart somehow hears the, there's no way they should have any sort of hearing. Other than their comm system, they should not be able to hear the environment around them. They're under fucking water. Unless there's a <laughs> whale blasting woo sounds into them. But they hear something scurrying around, and she's flashing her light around the darkness. And it just kind of stays low to the ground and just barely stays out of light. But you see the eyes. Like, that was scary. That was cool. I like I that. I just hate that it's humanoid in shape. Yeah. Like, and then that doesn't make sense. It's on not the like, like that's, that's not made. Humans are not made to be in the water. 
Right. So um, I don't understand why this underwater creature is humanoid in shape, but whatevs. Uh, I'll have an explanation for you later. Okay. If you, if you want it. Okay. Uh, so, like, that was another cool scene is when, like, they're encountering it for the first time. Well, not exactly the first time, but on that light platform. And you just see, like, the top of its head as it, like, moves around the edge of this light platform. That was cool. That was a cool monster movie scene. Um, so Captain explodes and dies, and Kristen Stewart goes barreling through the dark waters of the deep sea, but somehow is not dead, and she finds herself... And knows exactly where she is. Yeah, she's not disoriented at all, which seems questionable at best. Like, she should be totally lost. She happened to fall right in the right place where she was, like, right next to one of those markers. And she was like, oh, I know exactly where I am. Do you mean that they... I've just fallen so far, randomly in the ocean. I just conveniently landed here. Do you mean they had um, safety protocols in place in in the event that a a disaster like this happened where you would be able to identify where your position is and where other things are in relation to you based on those markers and, and stuff like that? What? Madness. Um, have you ever been pulled down by a rapid, like in a river or anything? Nah. I have, and it, it you, you might as well just just accept your death because you are powerless in in scenes like th- in like moments like this. There's no way she knew where she was. Like, there's just no way. Uh, it's so disorienting, and you're completely helpless. But. And, I mean, it seemed like she had passed out for a while or something. Like, it seemed like she had been laying there for a good little minute before she came back, too. I'm glad you brought that up. Because, uh, so she's passed out for a while. Wait, an undetermined amount of time. We don't know how long it's been. Um, she gets to this facility, the Poseidon-class facility. I don't know. Or, no, that's the drill. Shepherd the drill's Station. the Poseidon-class. Shepherd, Shepherd Station. Station. Which earlier in the movie, which is a defunct, defunct thing that the captain said didn't exist. Right, he he said it's totally gone. He said it doesn't exist anymore. But it's there. It's fully powered. It's safe. There's nobody there. And Kristen Stewart goes in naturally. I mean, I would like if I saw a building like that, like a place of refuge, like even for a moment. I you know I'd probably head there too. She takes off her Gears of War armor, um, and you know. Well, what's the first thing you would do, Taylor, in this instance? You're Kristen Stewart. Like, all this shit's just happened to you. Your friends are dying or missing. Like, you wake up. You find this facility. You go in. What's the first thing that's on your mind? After you've been Taking trapped. A shower, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you're trapped under the water. First thing you want to do, I need a fucking shower. So, she cries in the shower. Strange scene. As uh, one does. She pokes around. She somehow finds the captain's old locker, which, by the way, this is a defunct facility. He's that left, doesn't exist. It doesn't and exist. That just left all their shit there. Yeah, yeah, and there's tons of equipment inside of it too. And keep in mind, like early morning, they ask him, like, "Oh, do you have kids?" He's like, "Oh, she's 14." Blah blah blah. And of course, she finds his locker and the picture, and it's like the obituary card of his daughter who died at the age of 14. And I'm like. These seems like like he brought these items all the way from the surface. These these items mean a lot to him, 
and he left them in a defunct facility in a locker. I and he or or he just said that it was defunct because he didn't want to go there because he knew those items were there. But that doesn't it doesn't track. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like, weird. He didn't want to go near the photo that was there, or what? What was his reasoning for for telling them that that place doesn't isn't there anymore? Because he had he was sad about his daughter. Uh, somehow this emboldens Kristen Stewart, and she uh, I don't know didn't this is she like build something really fast like on the table? So it seemed that part of her suit was messed up, so she found an older suit from, I guess, several models ago, because this is a facility that hasn't been used in a while. And the suit, she found a suit part, but it's and an they, old type. So And they she, didn't like, reclaim anything on there. Them, makes it work together, puts the new part on her, or the old part on the new suit. Okay. And, yeah, so she basically, like, stitches together a working suit from the old one and the new one. So to summarize real quick, she was she was possibly unconscious for a time. We don't know, but it was at least a little bit of time. We have to assume. Yep. Uh, then she went into the, she found the facility, walked to it, went in there, took a shower, took, took a shower, milled looked about for a while. Stuff. Yeah, milled about, looked through people's stuff, uh, got an idea, uh, rebuilt that stuff in her suit, put it all back on, and head out. And what's the next thing she did? I don't remember. She found the other two surviving people. Like, oh, almost yeah. almost immediately. Like, she's just out about in, under the water, and in the distance, like, what is it, like, like 100 yards or something? Like, there's Jessica Henwick dragging her unconscious boyfriend, who at this point has been unconscious for fucking ever. Uh, and let's and, not mention that she's been freaking out the whole movie up to this point, but somehow, justifiably in the dark, so. alone, in the dark, alone people have just been dragged off by this alien creature and her boyfriend is unconscious but now she's chill now she's like huh the logical thing to do is continue on my way and drag this boyfriend with me well, like, i mean she not freak have... out like i've been doing the whole movie she didn't have much else left to do like i i i get that one like the only other option would be for her to be rocking back and forth with a, a mental break and that really doesn't move the movie forward any very much but regardless i I feel like she should have been waiting for the captain and kristen stewart to come back no i think i think logically you need to assume that they're dead and you got to go before you get got uh but miraculously somehow after all this time's elapsed she's still dragging the boyfriend and kristen stewart's able to catch up to her really quick so they're all three together again and they're finally to the uh what is it? The Titan class bore site is what it is. This is where the drill is. And it looks like a series of interconnected rings and catwalks with a big drill in the metal and like a, I don't know, like a ring type halo facility surrounding it is what it seems like. Um, might I also add, it didn't like, maybe I missed it, but it didn't seem like there was anything running up from the drill or from any of the sides so it was just drilling and not doing anything with the waste materials or whatever it was trying to drill for did you see like a product elevator or a belt line or anything to trans to transfer material i didn't see it i mean i was looking at other stuff but uh no not that i saw 
Also, this planet, this thing's going to take fuel. Like, what is it using for fuel? Where is the fuel coming from? There would have to be a line dedicated and attached to it. Like a pipeline for just for fuel alone. Well, I mean, that's what they were following that whole time was some sort of pipeline. That's what they kept calling it. Uh, okay. All right. All right. I rescind my criticism. But they get there and uh, sure enough, all around them, horror scene, there's hundreds of the the alien monster men and they're all like sleeping from the ceiling like um almost bats. like they're yeah like bats thank you like and their arms are just hanging down and they have to navigate the hands without trying to touch any of them without waking up any of the monsters um one would think and you of course just... at this moment is exactly when everyone's oxygen starts to get very low because of course it did not get low at any point prior to this. It, it is exactly when they almost reached the destination. Of course. And also, I might add, like, they were trying their best to avoid the hands. Like, you could, they could have just got on their, like, hands and knees and just baby crawled. Yes, I, I also thought about that. I was like, why didn't they just do that? But yeah, just whatever. baby crawl. Baby crawl. Like, it, it'll take you longer than if you walked through it, but it's, there's no chance that those hands are going to touch you. They did not go down that far. Like, they went down to, like, around the top of the helmets. So... Yep. Uh, yeah, and, of course, like, the alarm system is loud enough that the monsters hear it. One of them wakes up and tries to swallow Kristen Stewart, and it does. And what does she do to get out of that? I don't remember. Maybe did she shoot a flare or something? Yeah, she shoots a flare through it and kills it. Yeah, and she busts out of it. Cool moment. Uh, then the rest of them wake up, and before they're all able to attack... Surprise! The ceiling lifts away to be revealed that it's a giant, giant tentacle of a much larger creature. Uh, and it's Cthulhu! It is eh. straight-up Lovecraftian Cthulhu in all his glory. Finally gracing the big screen, um, I told you I'd explain the humanoid monsters a little bit. So, that's what you would call, like, the Innsmouth folk or whatever, like uh, Cthulhu's followers would start exhibiting fish-like qualities, eventually disappearing into said water and transforming entirely into basically fish people. Uh, that's how, like, typically H.P. Lovecraft's uh, cosmic horror lore goes. Um, there's also, like, a species of, like, straight-up fish people, like, evil fish people. Like, that's what they are. Like, they can, and they're, they're more amphibian than anything else, so they can go on land and water. Um... The drill has drilled so deep that it's released, awakened and released the dread god Cthulhu, the old one, the, the killer of worlds, the chaos of the stars, the elder god of olden times. To see him is to instantly go mad. Uh, and yeah, they get into the facility. Um, boyfriend's at least conscious enough to kind of walk, but not on his own. You know what I mean? At this point. Um, mm -hmm. And here's another thing. They don't know it's Cthulhu. You as the audience member probably don't even know. Like, I knew because I'm familiar with... I don't with, know. See, I'm, fami I'm very familiar with Lovecraftian horror. 
So as soon as I saw it, I said, that's fucking Cthulhu. Like, there's nothing else that that could be. That is Cthulhu. And later on, I would I would Google it, and sure enough, it's Cthulhu. Like, because I wanted to make sure is this Cthulhu inspired, or is were the filmmakers intending for this to be the Cthulhu? And they definitely intended for it to be the Cthulhu, uh, which I thought was fucking awesome. Um, but there's no way that Kristen Stewart or the others know that this is anything more than just a big monster, right? Or just a big animal, really. There's no reason for them to think otherwise. So why would one of them have to stay behind and make sure the animal that's a part of nature gets destroyed? Because as far as they know... Well, she, she didn't. She didn't. Yes, she did. As far as No, they, she stayed behind because there were no more pots for her to take. Oh, and we'll then, get to that. I just wanted to point she, out, like, there's no reason to think that these things would chase you to the surface... Or even are a threat to the surface in the first place, you know what I mean? But that's like that wasn't the like the why behind why the why, why happened happened. First off, there's only three escape pods, which makes no sense. There's only two. No, there was three, but one pod. was broken. One AKA was two. <laughs> right. So Kristen Stewart decides to stay behind. And and send the Let other the two, two love off. birds go, yeah. Right, and then, and then she, she says, "Oh shit! All the medium-sized humanoid monsters are going after their pods. The right. only way I can stop them, oh look, there's a very easy self-destruct button that doesn't require an access code. Yeah, I should hit that. That part did not need an access code, but we can totally set off a nuclear disaster underneath the ocean." Irrevocably damaging the ecosystem forever. She just like turn turn the heat all the way up or some shit. Yeah, because it works like that thermostat. Heat up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's my criticism of the um of the pods thing. Uh, like send the unconscious boyfriend up. Sure. Uh, Kristen Stewart and Jessica Henwick are very small humans. They're tiny. Could have fit in the one pod. They That's what tiny. I thought too. They're tiny women. Like they are, they are just so tiny. That's not like they just—they didn't want to sit in on each other's laps while they were in underwear. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> uh, but Jessica Henwick is five six. This is this is rude of me. It, it, I I don't know how much she weighs, but she's a tiny human. There's no way she weighs over what like. 130 pounds maybe i don't know how how, how probably much less that. than that probably yeah. less than that yeah and then kristen stewart is let's see how tall she is she's five five so she's even shorter than than her and, and just as skinny if not more so so i would assume it's built for some reason an escape pod built for only one person at a time sounds really like bad economics. If you're going to spend the money to make escape pods, you're going to want it to hold as multiple people as possible, right? Maximize. But I mean, also if you're just in a medical emergency and you need to get up to the surface fast and you don't want to have to like waste your whole pod just to send one person up. So multiple pods of different sizes, like you would still want a pod that will fit a team in it, right? Yes. You would still think I would least, agree. You would still think like those the one type of pod that you're talking about would contain two people because the person in you don't want to put 
a injured person in one pod by themselves unattended, you would think the second person that's helping them, the medic or whoever, would be riding with them to the surface. Also, the bigger the pod, the more challenges you'd have, like, because of the pressure and whatnot, physics-wise. The smaller, uh, the better. So, we're to understand that this, this movie has the technology to be <laughs> at the bottom of the Mariana Trench, but... N- they still not to have a medium size yeah like we Uh, can't double the size of a fucking escape pod come on even if that even if those things are the case i can't imagine like the weight restrictions on that thing are gonna matter much like what's what's gonna be what's the the problem of having an extra hundred pounds in there if they sat on each other's laps and went up a slower like it doesn't matter a slower descent, but may, or a slower ascent, maybe, but whatever the materials not, used, not to make you significantly ascent. so at all. Right, like it, you're it should need... just shoot up like a like a cork, like that you drag underwater, you know. Exactly, and whatever materials they're using to ascend are going to be strong enough that a hundred pounds isn't going to keep them underwater. Right, like I, I don't know. It just it seems like a lot of oversight in the world building to me. Because, ah, I don't know. That's the one thing that, that's the one thing. That one thing, like, we've criticized this movie a lot, but that's the one thing that drove me nuts. Like, there's no reason to think that she had to die because, obviously, she didn't know the monsters were going to go after the life pods in the first place. Just climb in with Jessica Henwick and go up to the surface and survive. Yeah, I, I thought that, too. Would that have been a more compelling ending into that movie is if they did climb into a pod? Well, no, and then shot up to the surface, and they got to the surface, and they're like, yay, we did it, and then all of a sudden... And then they got dragged back down. Exactly. The monster's (laughs) hands start coming around the sides of all the pods and start dragging them back down to the surface. And then the newspaper articles that are flashing at the end are like, entire crew goes missing, no survivors. There's a cover-up. Yeah, I think that that would be... I would think that that would be a way better ending with no survivors at all, but... Uh, Jessica Henwick uh, survived, and so did her useless boyfriend. Um, I did say that there were only two survivors. And a, and but, a bunny. But what happened to all the other pods that got sent up with people? Like They didn't make it. I'm, I guess you have to assume the monsters got them, I guess. Because, like, that's why there were no pods for them in any of the other places, because they were damage or because they had already been used the captain said at the beginning he had already sent like 24 people up so it's just like they must have not like, make it made it how did only the two at the end make it as opposed to the people at the beginning you know i don't I know get, i guess the, the monster seems must, weird seems the weird. monster the monsters must have got him and the nuke must have prevent must have let it those two escape is the only thing i can think of uh but here's the the, the thing at the end with the newspaper clippings going by real fast that is strange to me. It's it, it was like nuclear powered, yes. Probably. I think so. Like that's what she overloaded. Was was it not? Like at the drill site. I don't that know. Made the explosion. I don't remember. It was but, fake, so I don't know. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it was like a core meltdown. So that sounds like it would be. A nuke. 
But anyway, the corporation like denied all help from the government and refused to turn over security tape footage and, and we're like, oh, it was just a huge accident and they cover it up and they like, we're going to go through with rebuilding the drill. I feel I find that like a hard pill to swallow, too. Like, I feel oh, like. It, did you miss the one that said that they were they were back drilling again eight months later? Yeah, they rebuilt that place really fast. First of all, that. Yeah, and, that's impossibly fast. And also, what happened to fucking Cthulhu? Also, the litigation of it. Like, you had 300 and, what, 10, well, 314 people died? You think bankrupt. Just, like... Yeah, the bad press alone. I mean, Exxon Valdez shut down Exxon for a while. Like, they shut down entire um, drilling operations just to save face. Like... And that's without a loss of human life. Like, this is 314 people. Like, it would be an outrage. And then to be right back drilling with no improvements, like, you would have to, to, to keep drilling down there. You would have to show this is where we failed. This is how it's better. This is how it'll never happen again. And it's just, it wouldn't work. Like, a company like that just would not survive in the public eye like yeah. that. Like, but maybe they that don't care. That whole part was not believable at all maybe maybe the corporation works for cthulhu maybe there's really the drilling the whole drilling operation was just a pleasant way to feed cthulhu maybe the survivor like the people in the pods became the monsters because they clearly planted their baby penis blob monsters in their backs so maybe that's where they all came from Maybe those were were the that see maybe that's like a part a, a twist of the movie that they could have added in that would have made it go oh shit like all oh, the survivors are the monsters like that would be cool or like and the corporation conspiracy because uh, in Lovecraftian horror Cthulhu does command cults across the globe to do his dark bidding and release him from his watery prison so like that could be the motivations for drilling in the first place like. Under the cover of profit, like we're gonna release our dark god Cthulhu to destroy the planet, and we'll serve him. Like that could have been. They, they, the filmmakers said that they hope to make a sequel to further expand on the Cthulhu mythos. So I actually do hope they get to make more because they surely can't make Much another better. movie underwater. Are they? Is it gonna be underwater too? More underwater? I mean, or are they gonna have to be? Why don't they call it Above the Water, Underwater 2? Underwater 2. I don't two. like it. How about Beneath the Surface? <laughs> Shout out to Mike Abbey in the Beneath the Surface podcast. Oh, it, it kind of reminds me of like corporations, uh, like mining corporations in West Virginia, which, spoiler, that's where I live. Like they did similar things for coal, like really awful working environments. They shaved a few bucks they shaved money off of safety just to save a buck you know um it's bad man it's still not great either in that industry really not so there are some parallels there the difference is like there's no cthulhu in west virginia that i'm aware of although 2020 can't uh, i don't want to say can't get any crazier but i mean like if cthulhu popped out of the earth at, at this point don't think i would be surprised Taylor, you're in Cthulhu Central up there in New England. Like that's typically where Am all I? these 
yeah, that's like where a lot of H.P. Lovecraft's uh, short stories take place is in and around the New England area. Oh, so that's interesting. Keep, I didn't know that. Keep an eyeball out for fish people. I'm sure the submarines will take care of it. It's cool. Yeah. Taylor, uh, real quick, real quick. Quiz me on water-related things. Ask me anything. Let's see if I know it. Test my IQ. Is water wet? Water. Hmm. Is water wet? Wet. What is wet? Hmm. To whom? Hmm. Pass. Go to the next one. Um, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Uh, correct. I'll, I'll get that one every single time because I also don't know. Taylor, I think we're going to call it here. We talked a lot about this movie. Like, we probably talked more about this movie than any other movie we've ever talked about. Like, we really broke this one down. Well, I mean, it was like bad in so many different places. Ouch. Again, I didn't even mention some of the bad things. Like the helmet glass. Like, did you see how thin that was? Like, there's no way in heck that would survive the pressures down there. No way in heck in heck. You're sure? uh, I don't know. In space, they're dealing with like 15 PSI that they're dealing with. And like, down there, it's like, I don't know. Four or five thousand psi. That's that's wild. Like, yeah, no. Like it looked like a space helmet, and like those are completely different temperatures or pressures, not oh, temperatures. You They're said probably completely different temperatures too, but you know. You said four or five thousand psi. Uh huh. It's actually sixteen thousand psi at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Either way, it's a lot more than fifteen. It's seven miles, seven miles down. That's really far. Just saying. Their helmets, comparable to space. But the pressure, not comparable to space. James Cameron went there. So maybe that's who they should have got to make this movie. No offense. I mean, again, it's, it's a bad movie, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had a nice time. I wasn't expecting... You know, fuck, I wasn't expecting, like, to be blown away or whatever. I thought it was good enough. Like, T.J. Miller was funny. Kristen Stewart's jacket. Kristen Stewart, I thought, for her role, she was fine. Like, it wasn't unbelievable or whatever. I find the circumstances surrounding them and, like, the details of the world building and stuff like that was are are, are a lot of, of what we picked on. But... Like, I find it hard to believe that the only six people, six survivors at the outset of the movie are all scientists. Like, there's so many other types of people there. Like, they could have easily made T.J. Miller, like, one of the janitors. I would have totally bought T.J. Miller as a janitor more than I would a scientist. being Because that's basically what I am. I'm a smartass, and I'm not a scientist at my job. I'm just a Joe Blow nobody. But Jessica Hanumway can be whatever she wants to be. Yeah. We gotta go. Taylor, do you want to say anything before we sign off? Mm, no. 
Oh, well, thank you, dear listener, very much for listening. We appreciate it. Hopefully you're still with us. Uh, don't forget to do the thing that I always say that no one ever does. Write review the podcast. really helps the show. Oh, we did it. Check out our other show, Pokemon After Dark Rye. It is a no-holds-barred, no-nothing podcast where we talk about Pokemon and hurt the ones we love. Folks, we'll see you again soon on this here program. It's program? We won't actually see you because there's no cameras, but... Uh-huh. Wow. I hope that the filmmakers of this movie do a podcast, do a movie based upon around a bad podcast because i guarantee you if someone listened to this podcast they could pick out all the bad things about it that would make us seem pretty foolish too meta Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. join us next week teenage mutant ninja turtles pizza power turtles on the half shell turtle power whatever That's what we're doing. Taylor. You're not going to get the scoop on turtle soup? Look, uh, look, I am just drowning in bad puns over here, okay? Get it? Because <laughs> it's underwater? Uh-huh. I am uh-huh. boiling mad that you made that bad pun. I am wet with anticipation for the yeah. end of this show. I, I legit, I don't have any more. <laughs> All right, Taylor. You know what? Okay. If, if we're, uh, we're going to die. Let's die underwater. Hey, that's my new favorite. Bye, everybody. Bye.